Chris Murray. He joins us. He's with the Nevada Sportsnet. He's been on with us before to help us understand uh, Nevada basketball. But uh, Chris joins us now to understand some Nevada football. Maybe we'll get some basketball questions in there as well. Chris, thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, this this Wolfpack team, looking at them, it's been a really interesting season uh, watching them from afar. Uh, last year, they looked like this was a team that was making improvements. They became more explosive. Uh, they were a pretty dangerous team at times. This year, there's been some times where that has carried over, and it looks like they've been have that ability to be explosive and be exciting, but they've also had some games where they've just kind of struggled and stagnated. Uh, they made a quarterback change last week. Seemed to be a pretty good move. Where do you assess this Nevada Wolfpack team now? It's a halfway point for them in their season. Yeah, I think we're going to learn a lot more about them over the next couple of weeks. I mean, they go to Utah State. They go to Wyoming. They're going to play some better competition. I mean, they're really happy with the record of 4-2. and two. That includes a win over uh, Purdue to open the season. Uh, but Nevada was plus 5 in the turnover margin in that game. Uh, so it, it was maybe a little bit fortunate to win that one. And the other three wins are against Weber State, which is an FCS school, uh, San Jose State, which has obviously struggled the last couple of years, although it is better this season, and then UTEP, which is probably the worst FBS team in the nation. So the 4-2 record might be a little bit misleading, especially when you look at what happened in the two losses, a 71-point loss to Oregon, a 51-point home loss to Hawaii. So uh, I think they are still searching for their identity a little bit. They are in a pretty good position that if they improve their level of play, I think the West Division is wide, wide open. Um, and I, I do think that they have found more answers at quarterback. They've started three different quarterbacks in their first six games. You mentioned the change before the San Jose State game, Malik Henry a former Florida State player, a four-star recruit coming out of high school, a really talented kid uh, who's had some issues uh, with coaches and things of that nature. He was on Last Chance U, the documentary on Netflix, and uh, you know, basically ended up getting kicked out of that school. Um, but it seems like he's gotten things together a little bit better. And against San Jose State, I mean, he was really good. Uh, threw for 352 yards. He was able to get the ball down the field a lot better. He had a 75-yard touchdown pass. He had another 55-yard pass. Uh, definitely added a lot of explosion to the Wolfpack offense, had a touchdown, uh, did throw two interceptions. I've uh, made a couple of mistakes, but I think Nevada was really happy with how he played in that game. And if he can continue that level of play against Utah State, maybe he gives the Wolfpack a chance in this game where they're going to come in as, as pretty lopsided underdogs. So let's, fo- let's keep focusing on that aspect of the, of the game with the offense and some of his targets or some of the guys that have been there maybe haven't been switching out the wide receiver core that's been there this season. Some of them made some pretty big plays. And it seems that uh, Elijah Cook seems to be the, one of the main targets. He's had probably the most consistent games throughout the year. What about that wide receiver core? How would you describe them and some of the people there that, that we need to be watching for? Yeah, I think they had underachieved, uh, you know, really through the first five games. I think they played really well against San Jose State, and that was in part because Malik was getting them the ball down the field, and he was really spreading it out. I mean, nine different people caught a pass against San Jose State. You mentioned Elijah Cooks. He's been Nevada's most productive wide receiver. He's a six foot three wide receiver, six foot four wide receiver. Uh, actually was on Nevada's Sweet 16 basketball team a couple of years ago, so a very athletic kid. Uh, has four touchdowns this season. Um, so he's obviously a weapon. Uh, to me, Romeo Dubs is Nevada's best wide receiver, uh, has the most potential, and you saw that against San Jose State. He had five catches uh, for more than 140 yards, uh, that 75-yard touchdown. He had a concussion earlier in the season. He suffered that against Oregon, set out the Weber State game, so he's gotten off to a slower start. Only a sophomore was not a wide receiver until he came to college, but a ton of potential in that kid. 
uh, and then Caleb Fossum is their slot receiver. Hasn't been nearly as productive this year than last year. Um, but there are a couple of weapons in there. When you look at Dubs and Cooks, these are both six foot three guys uh, who have good speed and can get down the field. And Malik Henry seems to be unlocking a little bit of their potential. So those are the two guys to highlight. Uh, and then, you know, when you look at the offensive production, Toa Tawa, uh, the running back, he was preseason all Mountain West, again, got off to a slower start. He had a thigh contusion, uh, but never had to fed him 34 carries. That was a career high against San Jose State, and he responded with a huge game. So I think you're going to see a lot of Nevada leaning on its stars a little bit more moving forward. They do like to spread the ball around. But I think against San Jose State, they said, the heck with this, let's just get the ball in the hands of Kawa, of Romeo Dubs, of Elijah Cooks, uh, and, you know, try and ride these guys to a better offensive performance. You mentioned Toa Tawa. It's a running back. He's had a great season so far in some of the things that he's been able to do. Some some games where he's really stood out, uh, and he seems to be like, uh, as I've watched film on him, uh, describing more of a kind of more of a power type back. Could that be the best way to describe him? Yeah, very fair, I think. I mean, he's a guy who does not get tackled by the first defender. I mean, he does an excellent job of making guys miss, of taking contact and moving forward. He's had to do that because Nevada's offensive line uh, is a below-average group. Uh, they did lose their starting left tackle, a three-year starter, Jake Nelson, to a broken arm against Hawaii. Uh, so they've had to kind of move some pieces around. They have not played all that well this season, either in the run game or in pass protection. Uh, they did insert a new uh, junior college uh, center, uh, Tyler uh, Orsini, uh, and he played pretty well against San Jose State and seemed to stabilize the line a little bit. The, the line did play its best game against the Spartans, um, but it has not been a strength, the offensive line. So Toa Tawa has got, had to get a lot of yards that he's gotten on his own, uh, and he's more than capable of doing that. The problem is is he's not getting a lot of holes. When he does get holes, I mean, he's definitely a big play guy. He's probably in about as fast as that, uh, but I would agree with you that he, he's more of a power back than anything else. Uh, and does a tremendous job of yards after contact. I mean, he, he did that last year as a true freshman uh, when he was the Mountain West freshman of the year, and he's had to do that again this season. And, and I know there's kind of an emotional, kind of happy to see Devontae Lee back into the mix after missed so much time with injury. Do you do you see the kind of him on a, a trajectory where he gets more more touches, or is this pretty much Toa Tawa? He is going to be the guy, and anything else may be piecemeal for anybody else. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll give Lee some carries. I mean, he's mostly a short yard kind of back. They use him out of a wildcat formation, and he was really, uh, you know, uh, productive last year. He was also a true freshman last season, and he had seven touchdowns on only 45 carries. So they used him a lot around the goal line. He had two touchdowns, uh, you know, last week and then only uh, t- 10 carries. So, uh, I mean, he's definitely a guy who, who's going to be on the field, but I think he's going to be on the field more uh, just when Nevada needs to get, you know, either a short yard on fourth down or when they get around the goal line. I think Nevada has made the decision to kind of ride Teletau a little bit more. Now their backup, their traditional backup is Kelton Moore. He's a, a six-year senior. He's a captain of the team. Uh, he's been a starter in the past. He was pretty banged up last week, so he didn't play. Uh, you know, didn't have any carries. So I think you could see a little bit more of Kelton this week. Um, but I think it would be smart on Nevada's standpoint to, to get the ball to Tawa 30 times a game. Uh, he's not a guy who has taken a lot of carries. He's only had three games in his career where he's had more than 20 carries. Two of those have been against San Jose State. So they've kind of been delicate with his carries. But I think they're at the stage in the season where they need to give him the ball because he's their most productive player out of the backfield. So I do think you're going to see a lot of Toa Tawa with maybe a little bit of Kelton Moore uh, and Devontae Lee when they need a short yardage kind of situation. Again, we're talking to Chris Murray. He's with the uh, Nevada Sportsnet, contributor for them in Reno, following the the uh, the Wolf Pack. And this is uh, switching over to defense now for Nevada. This is a team that they've had some 
some takeaways that they've been able to do. Daniel Brown's got three interceptions on the year. There was the big interception return for a touchdown by Austin Arnold last week. That that mm-hmm. secondary for Nevada, how consistent have they been against? You know, they faced a pretty good passing attack last week uh, from San Jose State. There's going to be facing another love quarterback that likes to throw the ball. Yeah. Uh, how would you assess that uh, secondary for the Wolfpack? Well, he's not very good right now. Uh, I mean, San Jose State has improved a lot, but they threw for 400 yards on Nevada. Nevada struggled to stop the pass against Purdue. It struggled to stop the pass against Oregon. Uh, the, the secondary is the weakness of Nevada's defense for sure. Uh, the Wolfpack has actually been very stout in the run game. And when Coach Marvell took over, Nevada was the worst run defense in the nation. They made some games the first year. Last year, they were one of the top 30 teams in the nation in run defense. This year, they're one of the top 30 teams in the nation in run defense. So that is the strength of the group, and the linebacking core is pretty solid. But the secondary, specifically the safeties, are really, really young. I mean, you're talking about three first-year starters at safeties, a lot of them moving from the offense to the defense to add some depth there. Uh, They came here as offensive players. So that is the area where Utah State can best expose the Wolfpack. Uh, I know Jordan Love has not gotten off to the kind of start that he was hoping to get off to. Um, but I would not be surprised if Utah State has a big game in the past game uh, if they get Jordan Love uh, you know, a little bit more healthy as far as the statistics are concerned uh, because Nevada, when they have played better passing teams, has really, really struggled in that area. So that, that's the area if I'm the Aggies coaches that you pretty obviously target and try and take some shots down the field and make some big plays against the secondary that has given up a lot of big plays. Uh, you mentioned that run defense, that front seven uh, for Nevada. Dom Peterson... Six tackles for loss. Got a couple of guys that, that really seem to be having success getting into the backfield. Uh, what are, is that mostly led by a group of the, the, the linebackers, or do you see that what's happening on that defensive line really getting that push and creating opportunities? Yeah, I think it's a combination. I think Don Peterson alone is a very, very good player. He was a freshman last year. Uh, moved up to a sophomore this season, and he's he's Nevada's best pass rusher, the best guy getting into the backfield by far. Uh, he actually was a menace in high school, but he's only about six feet, so he didn't get a ton of offers. It was really just Nevada and Syracuse. San Diego State did offer him, but then pulled it away kind of at the last minute. So uh, he's a guy who's been productive his entire life, uh, and he played for a really good high school, a state championship high school uh, team in Southern California growing up. So he's a tremendous player on the line. But it really is the the linebackers being uh, used as blitzers and the 3-3 stack. I mean, Nevada uses a not – I guess it's not too crazy uh, as far as the Mountain West is concerned because San Diego State and Boise State run a pretty similar scheme. Um, but Jeff Castile is Nevada's defensive coordinator, who's defensive coordinator at West Virginia under Rich Rodriguez, and then at Arizona. He's a really good defensive mind, and he will get the best out of his group, and he really dials up unique blitzes uh, with his linebackers. Uh, Gabe Sewell, to me, is the best linebacker at Nevada, so he's kind of the guy to watch out for there, and he's been able to uh, you know, move from the middle linebacker position, which he started his first three years at Nevada, to more of an outside linebacker position this year where he can do more of the blitzing. Uh, but those are the two guys to watch out for. Dom Peterson uh, you know, has taken over the role of best pass rusher on the team after Nevada lost two all-conference pass rushers last year in, in Corey Rush. And Malik Reed, and then you need you know you need to watch out for Gabe Sewell, uh, you know coming on linebacker blitzes because they really do like to use him and his athleticism to try and make some big plays. And I guess my my uh, final question about how this team is uh, right now. This is kind of halfway through the season. They haven't have they had a bye week? I don't know that they've had a bye they, week yet. Yeah, it was prior to the San Jose State game, so uh, you know right. they had two weeks. Okay. Uh, you know after the fifty-four to three loss to Hawaii. 
to really get ripped up and down by the coaching staff, be questioned by the coaching staff, and they started off really well against San Jose State. They were up 21 really early in the game, 24 to three, and then you know had to hang on at the end with the, the walk-off field goal. So uh, they should be fairly fresh, but obviously Utah State having the bye week, you know, this previous week uh, helps the Aggies a good deal. And my, I guess, related to that is the the health of the team. Are there any like mm-hmm. uh, that kind of a grind? There was a bit of a, a break that they did have to get a little bit more healthy. But are there guys that uh, you would normally expect to see uh, for Nevada that we won't see on Saturday? They're in pretty good shape. So there are two guys who who left the San Jose State game, and their uh, situation for Utah State is unknown at the time. I would list them as questionable. Daniel Brown. Uh, got hit in the head and, and never returned to the game, so he's going through the protocol. And then uh, Halcia Sakona, who's a defensive tackle, uh, a three-year starter at tackle, uh, had a knee injury and didn't return to the game. So those are two uh, defensive starters for Nevada, who, if they're not playing, you know, cer- certainly is a, it's a hit to the Wolfpack. Um, but, you know, outside of that, they, they have had a relatively healthy season as far as injuries are concerned. And what's the sense with uh, how... Coach Norvell is is received. Uh, I mean, he's, he seems to be turning some things around there, uh, and uh, they seem to be a little more competitive than they mm-hmm. were uh, a few years ago. But is it trending in the right direction? Do people feel like, or is there still some, uh, I guess, unsettled opinions about uh, what this coaching staff is doing right now? Yeah, I mean, you look at the attendance figures, and I think a lot of people are still on the bridge. Uh, you know, they're they're not fully bought in. I mean, the attendance has not been great uh, the last couple of years. Uh, I think this has turned into a basketball town for sure, uh, you know, with Eric Musselman doing a terrific job, and then with Nevada investing and giving Steve Alford a fully guaranteed 10-year contract. Uh, you know, I think the Wolfpack has put kind of more of an emphasis on basketball. Um, so I think Jay Norville has done a, a good job. You consider Nevada has the second lowest football budget in the conference. Jay Norville is the lowest paid head coach in the conference. Uh, Nevada does not have an indoor practice facility, which every other cold-weather school in the Mountain West has. Uh, and to go from three wins in its first season up to eight wins in a bowl victory last year was good growth, but it hasn't necessarily gotten more people into the stadium. I mean, you open the, the season against Purdue, a team that beat three top 25 teams last year, and you you know you rally from 18 points down in the second half to win on a walk-off field goal, a 56-yarder, and you think that would stoke the enthusiasm, but it hasn't necessarily done that. And I think how Nevada closes the second half of this season will kind of dictate you know, whether people are fully on the bandwagon because that 4-2 and two record is good. Um, but Nevada has four road games still left where they're going to be pretty decisive underdogs. So there's a good chance that they, they go something like 6-6 six and six and maybe they're on the fringe of a bowl game. Um, and that's why I think going out and competing well against Utah State is so important because I think it will validate those first four wins. It will say, okay, this is a good team with Malik Henry, a quarterback. This is a team that can beat the upper echelon of the Mountain West, which Nevada has not done uh, really since it entered the conference. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, there's some enthusiasm, but certainly not the same amount of enthusiasm that we've seen for Wolfpack basketball the last couple of seasons. Uh, well, we've seen that in Logan, where the product on the yeah. field improved quicker than the fans could react. Uh, eventually, the, it, it caught on, but for a long time, it was a basketball school, and football had been bad for so long, it took a while. Um, mm-hmm. But talking about basketball, switching to that real quickly, just your opinion about uh, the Mountain West preseason polls came out. Utah State was a unanimous number one, which surprised me that this is a really good league. Uh, but Nevada, not even in the top three. Uh, new head coach. Obviously, there was some great talent that has graduated and left. But uh, what the sense about this Nevada team coming into this next year? 
Uh, I think people are excited, but there's just so many question marks. I mean, you lose your entire starting five, you lose your entire coaching staff, uh, and then you just wonder, okay, who's going to replace Jordan Caroline, Caleb Martin, Cody Martin, all of these guys that people were so familiar with. I think the Wolfpack did a tremendous job in getting Steve Alford onto campus. This is a guy who won six championships in the Mountain West in six years in New Mexico. Uh, it's a guy who individually has more Mountain West championships or even conference championships won than the rest of the coaches in the Mountain West combined. So he brings in instant credibility. And there are some talented players returning. You have Jazz Johnson, who averaged double digits for the Wolfpack last year. You have Lindsey Drew, who was an all-conference caliber player before he missed last year with two hip surgeries and a torn Achilles. Uh, you have Jalen Harris, who's from Louisiana Tech, a transfer, was averaging 15 points per game there. Uh, you have Eric Parrish, who uh, is a proven Division One player. He played at Akron as a freshman before going to a junior college and being a national uh, you know, junior college All-American last season. So there is talent. Everybody is just in so different of a role. Uh, and there isn't a ton of depth with only 10 scholarship players. So it's a pretty thin line for Nevada to, you know, beat the teams uh, above them in the Mountain West. I, I think putting Utah State at number one makes complete sense. I'm a voter in the AP Top 25. I have Utah State in my Top 25 preseason poll. Uh, they absolutely belong there. They deserve to be number one. But really, you go from two to seven or two to eight. And it's wide open to me. I mean, Boise State returns a lot of good players, but they weren't very good last year. New Mexico is crazy talented, but they underachieved last season. San Diego State lost three of its top four scorers, so there are question marks there. Air Force returns its entire starting lineup. Can it make a push? Fresno State, which was good last year, loses two all-conference players, uh, you know, in Braxton Huggins and Deshaun Taylor. So uh, a lot of questions. I can see Nevada finishing anywhere from, you know, second all the way down to eighth in this league. Uh, but I do think it has the right coach in place to try and build off or at least sustain what Eric Musselman built. And I think the players are pretty hungry, um, you know, the guys who were sitting out last year, to say that this wasn't just the Martin Twins, Jordan Caroline, and Eric Musselman. We're going to keep this program at a national level. Now, that's harder to do than to say, but there is certainly a different motivation and passion um, just because they feel like they're being overlooked, regardless of preseason polls, even people within the community who are like, okay, our you know our great uh, tenure with Eric Musselman is over. I think they want to prove all of those people wrong and say that Nevada can still be good and can still win Mountain West championships.